Hi, my name's Robbie and welcome back to the Volingua podcast where you learn English through football. If you are an English language learner of B1 level or above and you love football then you are in the right place to boost your fluency to the next level and learn to speak English like a native. My research as a teacher and experience as a language learner myself is that the content that is most easily available online might be great for your language skills but will bore the socks off you which stops your ability to progress, which is a huge problem. When I learn a language, I want to meet people and speak to people just like me, who love to read and speak about what I love, football, the beautiful game. So, if you love football, and I love football, what are we waiting for? As mentioned in last week's episode, this week I'm going to talk about the 2019 Copa Libertadores final, where Flamengo took on 2018 winners River Plate at Stadio Monumental in Lima in Peru on the 23rd of November 2019. I only ever really cast half an eye on the Copa Libertadores when I was growing up. I loved seeing the video of the fans and seeing the legendary players who ended up in Europe playing at their previous clubs, especially as my childhood was in the 80s and 90s, so it was a bit before YouTube and the videos were scarce. It was more from reading and using my imagination. However, when I started my university degree a few years ago in history and Spanish studies, my interest in the history of Latin America grew. And as is normal with me, in order to keep my interest, I had to relate this to football. I always find that football is one of the best reflections of culture and life in a country, which is certainly the case with Latin America. So it was at this time that I started paying more attention to the football culture in this region of the world as well. So this final we're talking about today was the second one that I watched after the 2018 final that we spoke about last week. So if you do know what happened in this final, then you'll know why I'm in love with the competition. And if you don't know what happened, you will soon enough. To start with, I wasn't going to mention the build-up to the game, but in re-watching it, for this podcast, I realised just how random it was to see two lines of stormtroopers from Star Wars giving a guard of honour to the Flamengo and River Plate legends who brought out the trophy. The biggest competition in South American football is obviously significant enough, but what's interesting with these two sides in particular is the journey that they were both on. This was the third final since 2015 that River had reached, whilst They'd won the previous two. By winning a third, you're talking about River, not just as a domestic force, but being in the midst of a revolution, which is a next-level achievement. Not to mention that whilst they would obviously tell you they would want to win every trophy, especially this one every year, I would bet money that almost every River fan in the world would have traded never playing in it again for their victory over Boca in the last final. That was probably worth 10 trophies in itself to them. So they'll be lucky if any final will ever feel the same ever again. You then factor in that their legendary player and now coach, Marcelo Gajardo, was being touted as the next manager of many top European clubs, including Barcelona. Just seemed like the tide of momentum wasn't with them in the same way it was when everything came together so perfectly the year before. Then you have Flamengo, who had pretty much steamrolled everyone 
in the domestic league. Um, they were winning plaudits for the way they were playing from all over the world. And although they hadn't won the competition since beating Liverpool in 1981, they seemed to be favourites in all the conversations I was having before. Plus, I honestly don't know of a better badge and kit in the world, but maybe I'm wrong. Plus, this was the first time the final had to be won on the night. No more two legs. If honours were even, after 90 minutes, it would go to extra time and penalties. There had to be a winner. So, to the game itself. What was interesting as soon as the game kicked off was that the wingers of Flamengo had swapped sides from where they would usually play. Ribeiro went over to the left and they Arascaita onto the right. So straight away it was obvious that Flamengo was serious and wanted to give River problems from the start. The problem was that whilst they were serious in their intention, they really weren't that threatening and seemed quite nervous from the start, not creating many chances at all, despite being so willing to throw more people forward. This attacking strategy obviously also leaves bigger gaps in defence and midfield and was the opportunity River needed to get themselves into the game more. And as time passed, the game was starting to go to and fro, really end-to-end stuff. In the 14th minute, after four or five minutes of persistent pressure, River took advantage of the spaces opening up and took the lead through Santos Pereira. He was actually suspended for the final in 2018, so he definitely made up for it in style by slotting this opener in this final. But to be brutally honest, the goal was fair punishment really for sloppy play from Felipe Luis. Flamengo's experienced left-back, formerly of Chelsea and most notably Atletico Madrid. He made the first error and then the rest of the defence just couldn't deal with the cutback from and Pereira finished. Uh, Luis's mistake was that he didn't put the ball in Rosehead, just cleared his lines and got rid of it. It has to be said too that Suarez's movement for River and his dummy did Flamengo no favours and made the space for the finish. Great from River, but definitely sloppy from Flamengo. After that, for the next quarter of an hour, it was all River. And Flamengo found it tricky until about the half hour mark to really get a foothold. What they needed at that stage was someone to put their foot on the ball so they could start to dictate the pace of the game again, like they started off trying to do. River had made them play at their pace, but by moving the ball quicker to feet, they could definitely have played through River and created more chances. Gabriel Barbosa, or Gabigol, and Henrique up front were working so hard and offering themselves all the time, but the quality and the pace just wasn't there behind them from midfield. That was pretty much how the rest of the half played out, really. But it did look like they had changed their tune for the second half, when an early break led to a Barbosa shot. It didn't do much damage, but it was the best way to start to set the impetus for the rest of the of his side. Again, no. Flamengo carried on pretty much as they left off. No real flow or rhythm to their play. It was really bitty, to be honest. That was until the 57th minute when Flamengo got, the, got to the river touchline. And this time, 
River couldn't deal with the cutback. With two defenders missing the cross before Barbosa shot, which got blocked. Then a follow-up shot by Enrique produced a brilliant save from Riverkeeper Armani, who got down sharply to his right. The incident seemed all cut and dried, but Barbosa was going mad at the referee, who then put his finger to his ear as the VAR team was speaking to him about a review for a possible handball. Turned out that when Barbosa had his shot, it was blocked by the arm of the river defender, who threw himself in front of the ball. To be fair to him, the shot was too close and had actually been deflected onto his arm. The arm of defender De La Cruz, that is, off another river defender. So there was no way in a million years he was going to get that penalty. It's always worth a try though, because you just never know with referees, both on the pitch or in the VAR booth, watching on the screens. Between the 60th and 70th minute, River started to come back into it, but didn't create any clear-cut chances. There were a couple of selfish long-range efforts from Preto, who was the hero in the 2018 final, scoring the breakaway winner against Boca. In about the 68th, 69th minute, Flamengo brought on Diego, who I think changed the game, to be honest. I hadn't really noticed his impact when I watched this live at the time, but he brought a level of authority and intelligence to the game and helped the turnover of defence and attack against River in their own half. He also caused them a few problems with a dangerous free kick from a foul on Enrique, but nobody got themselves on the end of it. I think Marcelo Gajardo also seen this changing of the tide because he made a double substitution on the 70th minute to try and regain control of the game as well as to stop Flamengo bypassing the first press from River. It didn't really work though, and by the 80th minute, Flamengo were continuing to build momentum and pressure. They were continually moving the ball around the pitch, pulling the River players out of position to make gaps that they could exploit. Meanwhile, River were looking to break on the counter-attack, but again, threatened very little. But to quell this, Flamengo took hold of midfielder William Arau off for Vitinho as a last throw of the dice to equalise and at least take the game to extra time. They clearly didn't feel like they needed that security in front of the defence anymore, which shows how little River were really threatening. This pattern carried on for the best part of the next 10 minutes and despite having been so successful and having so much experience in this final in particular, I felt River showed some real naivety. They couldn't seem to manage the game, slow things down, take the sting out of things and just keep the ball. They just couldn't see it out. Then in the 80-90 minute, this cost them their lead. Preto, who if you remember, I said earlier, was the hero from the last Copa Libertadores final, was guilty of another loose pass and Flamengo broke on it. And literally less than 10 seconds later, the ball was in the back of the river net. Gabby Barbosa was wheeling away in celebration. Armani was on his backside and it was clear at this point that Flamengo were in the driving seat to win La Copa. Three minutes later, Gabby was at it again, firing home from 12 yards after another speedy break up the field with River punishing, uh, pushing for the winner. 
Flamengo just went route one, pumping the ball upfield quickly, bypassing the whole river team, really. 2-1 Flamengo. Despite Flamengo's inability to speed the game up earlier on, once they got the first goal, the game was theirs. I think that Barbosa knew this when he scored that second goal, taking his shirt off in sheer elation and emotion. He knew the significance of that strike. So, just when you think that this most tense and magnificent of games, the ending of the game couldn't get any crazier. With four minutes of the allotted injury time already played, the clock kept ticking and things went nuts. The Flamengo keeper smashed the ball up the pitch for Enrique, who had been brilliant all game. He took it down towards the corner to kill time. So instead of keeping cool and just seeing the ball out, the river right back lost his head, pushing Enrique to the floor and then kicking him once he was down. Now, I say kicking him. It was pathetic, to be honest. For the many things I respect Zidane for, it was that he knew in the 2010 World Cup final he was going to be sent off for his next action. So he smashed Matarati like a fighting ram. He was going to get a red card either way. This red card, by comparison, was the least aggressive kick possible, but obviously still deserving of a red card. Then crazily, in a bit of a skirmish with the river bench, Barbosa also got himself sent off too. And to be honest, I have no idea what for. So after a match that had very little incident or threat for long periods, it ended in one of the most dramatic endings to any cup final anywhere in the world. Absolutely brilliant. That was it, the 2019 Copa Libertadores final. A brilliant spectacle once again. What I found really interesting about re-watching this match was how it wasn't at all how I saw it first time. The first time I saw it, I remember thinking that River had controlled things really well and Flamengo did a smash and grab job on them. This simply wasn't the case. In fact, I would argue that whilst Flamengo left themselves open to being killed off by River at any time, River simply gave them nothing to worry about. They couldn't manage the game and didn't impose any dominance on Flamengo at all. Plus, the substitutions from Gajardo made them worse of anything, especially Prato. Not that Gajardo could have accounted for that, but he could have easily substituted him back off at any time. He was that bad. What I did enjoy, though, and one of the great things about the South American style of play is that it's sometimes more technical than many European leagues, but has that physicality of an older style of European play. So for me, it was a perfect mix and exactly what I needed. With this episode, as with all episodes, I've included lots of idioms and phrases that are specific to football and English. It's these phrases which formulate the language of football and better represent how people speak both on the streets, on the terraces, probably also in the pubs. So if you want great football conversations, use the transcript that will be available on the podcast page of golangwood.com, golangwood.com slash podcast. And in time, very soon, I'm working on some um, listening exercise worksheets that will also be there as well. And they will just add 
a bit of extra oomph allow you to take a little bit more from this listening exercise. Read along with the transcript so you can understand the words I'm saying in my accent. Re-listen a couple of times to this podcast over the week and use that worksheet when it's available to better embed your understanding for a focused language session. This just leaves me to say, if you like this podcast and want me to make more, then please like, share and comment on your podcast platform or golangwood.com. Thanks very much in advance of your support and I'll catch you again soon.